Hello everyone, welcome to this week's Midweek Podcast from Villa Presbyterian. We trust that you're keeping well and you're all very welcome uh, to our Midweek Podcast. Through these uh, number of weeks, uh, we are looking at a journey through the Old Testament, taking that big picture of what God is doing through the Bible and recognising how that applies to our world today. In this uh, harvest time, uh, we look to God and give thanks for his goodness and joy in what he has given to us. And so as we gather uh, through uh, this time, we come together in Jesus' name, recognising afresh of his promises. And as we begin this episode, I want to read these words from Psalm 105. Give thanks to the Lord. Call on his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praise to him. Tell off all his wonderful acts. Glorify in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Look to the Lord and his strength and seek his face always. We come together to recognise of God's goodness and joy to us this day. Let us come to him now in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we come together in your glorious name to know of what you have done for us, to know of that joy of your goodness that joy of the promises that are ours in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, Lord, we come before you through these days, longing to see afresh of your goodness, to recognise what it means to seek and to follow you in all that we may do. Lord, we bring our lives before you, Understanding, Lord, how far short we fall of your glory and power. Understanding, Lord, how easily we can be consumed by the things of this world and all that is happening around us. But, Lord, you promise so much more. You show us, Lord, as we seek you, your goodness and love to each one of us. And so we thank you for that. And we pray this day that we may have that awareness, Lord, of what it means to seek and to follow you in all that we may do. Lord, come before us now, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' loving name. Amen. Well, just before uh, we come to our passage for this evening, we're going uh, to listen to our first item of praise entitled Cornerstone. Jesus. 
Genesis chapter 50, verses 15 to 26. Let's hear God's word. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, What if Joseph holds a grudge against us and pays us back for all the wrongs we did to him? So they sent word to Joseph, saying, Your father left these instructions before he died. This is what you are to say to Joseph. I ask you to forgive your brothers the sins and the wrongs they committed in treating you so badly. 
Now please forgive the sins of the servants of the God of your father. When the message came to him, Joseph wept. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, they said. But Joseph said to them, Don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You intended to harm me, but God intended for good to accomplish what has now been done, the saving of many lives. So then, don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. Joseph stayed in Egypt along with his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children, also the children of Machar, son of Manasseh, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you up out of this land to the land he promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph made the sons of Israel swear an oath and said, God will surely come to your aid, and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110, and after they embalmed him, he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. Here ends the reading of God's word. As we turn to this passage, I want to highlight one thing straight away. And maybe you've heard this before, but the book of Genesis starts and finishes in the same place. The book of Genesis shows us God's goodness. And if you think back to that creation account, you see how many times God looked on his creation and said it was good. And here now, as Joseph looks back over his life, he saw that God meant it for good also. Again and again, as we come to God's Word, we need to be reminded of this. Our God is a good God. A God who looks to provide for us as we think of this Harvest Sunday. And whatever is going on in our lives, as we put our trust in Jesus, he is that good God who looks, for, looks out for us. Another thing about the book of Genesis is that it is a story of families. Throughout the book of Genesis, we're introduced to the first signs of family life through Adam, then Noah, then Abraham, Isaac, and then Jacob. We are showing a development of family life, so to speak. And alongside this, we are showing how the Creator God, from the first couple of chapters, looks to relate to people. He is not just a God who is above everything and takes nothing to do with His creation. God is looking to have a relationship with His own creation. He chooses then to work through his creation. And we see through the book of Genesis, even when it rebels against him, God continues to work through his creation. We have seen at different stages in the story of Genesis, 
that the, if you were to read through the whole book, you would be faced with these uh, genealogies of families becoming and going. And it shows how time has moved, yet God still looks to work through a particular family line. And now at the end of this book, the family is faced with the passing of another generation, firstly in the death of Jacob, and then also in the death of Joseph, right at the end of this chapter. In the second half of the book of Genesis, we are shown a great amount of detail about the family life of Jacob. We see how Jacob's sons relate to one another and how they also relate to God. This family had been through a lot by the time we meet them here in this last chapter. They've had the upheaval of having to move the whole family down to Egypt. There were strained relationships in the family. They were, in reality, migrants in Egypt. But the one advantage that they had was that they knew the leader pretty well of the country, as in their own brother, Joseph. But the problem was that they were responsible for selling him into slavery many years before that. You can imagine that when Jacob is still alive, there would have been some uh, frosty conversations around the dinner table. But Joseph's brothers would have thought that they would have been uh, kept safe because their father was still alive. They would have been plotting a way to keep Joseph on side for fear of their own lives. And now, when their father Jacob passes away, we are shown the real thinking between Joseph and his brothers. And is that what I want us to focus on this evening? Because in Joseph's brothers, we see the human reaction. They're fearful, all because of the actions back in Canaan when they sold their brother Joseph into slavery. They see that it would be perfectly reasonable for Joseph to seek revenge on them. And after their father has died, there is no one who can protect them and their families also. The leaders, just in our own time in Egypt, had such power. They were under the rule of Pharaoh in Egypt. And remember, if you were to think back, how Pharaoh treated um, the prisoners that were with Joseph. Joseph's brothers, though they needed to invent a way that they would be kept safe. And what this is, is a human response to guilt. We look to cover our own backs, don't we? Protect our own interests. And it shows that they really didn't believe in God's goodness. They didn't believe that in order to keep themselves safe, they needed to take action. Their fears were utterly unfounded, even irrational. No clear thinking person would forget their, 
the stunning uh, reconciliation with Joseph just a couple of chapters before this. When Joseph said to them, do not be afraid or angry with yourselves because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. And though Joseph had forgiven them then, they never confessed their sins to him, much less asked of his forgiveness. With the result was that their conscience had never been at peace. They had hated Joseph when he was a boy, and now they could not believe that he did not hate them. Their hearts, the brothers' hearts, were slow to recognize grace at work. It's a response that puts more faith in our human actions rather than on God. It is something that's so easy to do. For each one of us believes that we ultimately know what is good for us. But the Bible shows us that the one who is completely knows what is good for us is our Creator, God. It is through Him that we can know goodness, real and lasting goodness in our lives. Joseph's dream of his brothers bowing before him came into reality here again. His brothers saw the reaction of their word to Joseph. They called themselves his servant. The dream God that gave Joseph in his early life, in which his brothers reacted so angrily against him, has now become a reality. And it shows how God is in control of the world that he created. But secondly, we see another reaction in the story of Joseph, a reaction of divine forgiveness. Joseph, from a worldly point of view, is holding all the cards. If he wanted, he could have made life unbearable for his brothers. However, Joseph recognizes that he is not the one who has any real power. He recognizes the living God's hand upon his life. And he has known this for some time. Just turn back a couple of pages to Genesis 41. At this stage, uh, Pharaoh has asked Joseph to come uh, to his, uh, his palace. And Pharaoh here takes Joseph from the prison and he's questioning him. And if you look down at verses 15 to 16, Joseph is able to interpret correctly uh, Pharaoh's dream. The king said to him, I have had a dream and no one can explain it. I have been told that you can interpret dreams. And Joseph's answer, I cannot, your majesty, but God will give a favorable interpretation. And then again, in verses 51 and 52, Joseph said, God has made me forget all my suffering and my father's family. So his na the name of his first son, Messiah. He also said, God has given me children in the land of my trouble. So he named his second son, Ephraim. It is through God 
that Joseph is able to forgive. Joseph is not looking at his own actions and asking what is possible. He recognizes God's hand upon his life, and he is seeing what God can make possible. That is what our response is as those who trust in Jesus this day. To others in need, it should be, how can I help you? To those in need, we point to the one who we know can truly help them. Joseph's response to his brothers shows us the actions of a person who knows that there is a greater power at work in the world around them. Each sentence of Joseph's reply to his brothers is an example of faith that the Bible points us to. To leave all the writings of one's wrongs to God. To see God's providence in man's evil. To repay evil not only with forgiveness, but also with loving care. As you look through this story and know also the greater story of the Bible, we see Jesus in this passage. As the Bible goes on, we see how God continues to work through a specific group of people until Jesus is born. But through Jesus, we are made into the people in which God looks to work through. And in Jesus we can know the real goodness of God. There's no better example of human evil and God turning it into good. Sure there isn't, until we look to the cross. Those who look uh, to punish Jesus for no reason, sending him to death on the cross, yet God made it for good so that those who trust in his Son may have eternal life. And as we look to this passage this evening, we look uh, to that relationship that we have with God, recognizing that it is only through our relationship with God that we can really relate to others well. We can see that through these last chapters in Genesis, we are shown a lot of detail about the relationships in Jacob's family. Joseph's actions show the difference that God can make in these relationships. For he is aware of a greater power at work and looks to direct the rest of his family to this greater power. Through this story, we can see the benefit uh, to having a, 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 a God part of our family life also. He created it. Having him directly in family life is the path to family blessing. And the passage then, we can come back out of it with a couple of questions. Is there a person in your family that you need to speak with? And show godly forgiveness too. Are we giving thanks in our family lives for blessings that we receive from God? 
Are we taking time in our family to direct each one to God? But above all, as we look to this passage, we are asked the question, do we see God's goodness? There's an African saying, I'm sure some of you here have heard it before, where they say, God is good all the time. And then they respond by saying, all the time. God is good. Excellent. There is people still listening as well. And it's, it's that recognition, isn't it? That no matter what is happening in our lives, no matter what we are going through, we are reminded again and again that all the time, God is good. And so this passage asked us to respond. Do we see God's goodness? Joseph's words to his brothers, don't be afraid. I can't put myself in the place of God. You plotted evil against me, but God turned it into good. In order to preserve the lives of many people who are alive today because of what happened. This is the same God that we can trust with our lives this day. When we experience evil in this world around us, we need to know that God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks this evening for the opportunity to take time in your word and, Lord, for you to speak to us, to know that joy that we have in you, to taste of your goodness in all that we may do. We thank you for this. Lord, we pray together this evening that in the name of Jesus, we may know of your hand upon our lives, directing and guiding us in all that we may do. We ask it now in his loving name. Amen.
That last item of praise entitled, It is well with my soul. As we recognise through these days of uncertainty and through these days when we face difficulties, we can turn afresh to the Lord to know of his goodness, to know that through all that we may face, he is good and that we can trust in him. As we think of this and as we come to the end of this episode, we want to just take some time now in prayer for others. Let's turn to God again in prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you this day, recognising a world that is in much need. And Lord, we recognise you as a God who provides abundantly for us. Lord, there is so much that we can come before you and be thankful for. There is so much, Lord, in our lives in which we can pass over. But you are that God who provides. The God who we come before and recognise that all good things come from you. And we thank you for this. But Lord, we also recognise that as we seek um, many needs in this world that we recognize many uh, who go without that you are the God who we can come before and know that this is where these needs will be met you're aware of many Lord who are in need of you through these days and so we seek you we ask Lord uh, for your goodness and joy to us in all that we may do Heavenly Father, we ask that we may have that awareness, Lord, of what it means uh, to uh, follow you in days of trouble and hardship. Lord, we bring before you those in these days who are fearful for their future. We bring before you those who are caught up in conflict in this world. We pray, Lord. Uh, for those who do not know you at this time, who continue in their lives thinking of uh, who they are and what they can do uh, to make themselves right with you. And we pray that the truth and the, the glory of the gospel may be seen in their lives, that they may seek and to follow you in all that they may do. And Lord, we pray for our communities and our world at this time, that they may have that great awareness of turning afresh to you. Lord, there are so many things happening in our world in these days. There are so many things, Lord, in which we can uh, look and recognise that you are the answer. You are the one, Lord, in which they need to turn to and to follow. Lord, be with those who are looking for solutions and answers in all the wrong places and help them turn before you. Help them seek and to follow you in all that they may do. And Lord, in a world uh, that seems so busy 
uh, and that seems so complicated, we ask, Lord, that they may come to see you. A God, Lord, who is constant, who is always there, always available, and a one, Lord, who brings clarity, who brings a sense of order into this world. Lord, help us to take that time in you, to seek and to follow you in all that we may do. Lord, we lift up all these things before you now, in the great and the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening, everyone. Uh, may you know God's rich blessing throughout this week. And just let us close with those words of benediction. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. God bless everyone.